Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hello, friends. Quarantine. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, we're in the middle of this quarantine, you know. A couple weeks ago, John's Facebook and Instagram both shut down. They did. <laughs> he just got it back up and running today. Took Mark Zuckerberg signing off. So tell me. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Had to go way up the ladder. So tell me, John, how was your time away from the gram? Well, first of all, uh, so my Facebook, yeah, it was hacked on like a Friday night. And, and then once they get in... They go after everything and uh, make it make it. And it was kind of miserable. From a, they hacked into banking. They hacked into uh, somehow make it so that Facebook bans you, so you can't even get in. And um, and so initially, uh, the first couple of days, there was like this void. I was thinking, hmm, I'm not looking at Instagram or Facebook. Um, there's just some communication. Uh, I've had a Facebook since 2005. So I had a Facebook before the public could get a Facebook. Uh, you had to be at in school and I was in law school and you had to have a school, um, email mm-hmm. to start with Facebook. I think it started at Harvard or wherever, like wherever yeah. Zuckerberg was, Stanford, Harvard, somebody knows that's smarter than me. Anyway, um, so they started this thing and we, I was a really early adopter and uh, we used it kind of as an instrument messenger tool. And um, so, but it evolved. And it's the second time we've taken a break from, or that I've taken a break from social media. We did a media fast in 2014, I want to say, or 15. And yeah, it, we, I mean, usually when we do a media fast, we plan for it. Right. And we know that it's coming. Yeah. And so I guess I was just curious because here we are in the quarantine. We're all living in this world that looks a little bit differently than we were expecting a lot differently for some people than we were expecting. And I think people are struggling with some areas, but also looking to find the joy in the midst of where we're at right now. I notice a lot more families are out doing family bike rides and family walks and a lot of people are puzzling and reading books. And I think we're finding things that maybe we wouldn't normally be doing. And so to add to that, now you also don't have social media to distract you. Yeah. I mean, and it was, so the first couple of days was kind of like a shock of, or, or whatever. I was frustrated, um, you know, that Facebook was saying, you know, that I was being socially irresponsible or whatever. It's funny. The last thing that I did was on a Friday night, we've, we've got this thing called Pro Star Cares that we started, um, early on before the uh, shelter in place even. Um, and then a couple of days later, they came up with this act called the CARES Act. So, uh, but we... I, <laughs> I mean, not trying, that you started the idea, but maybe you started I'm trying to say that <laughs> we planted the seed for the CARES Act. But so ProStar CARES, and so we first responders, nurses, frontline workers, and those in need, we've been, you know, going to encouraging... 
the best we can them in the in in the fight against the, the coronavirus and um and so the last thing we'd done is our local fire department uh, a local pizza place had donated pizzas and so we brought pizza to the fire department and you know and socially distancing and and wearing masks and all those things and um you know the last thing that was the last thing that happened and i was thinking man somebody's upset that we're bringing pizza to the fire department so they hacked me you know and so um so part of me was a, a you know just frustrated with timing i felt like we were um we were actually using social media and we still are we still have our company um instagram and and things like that uh but we were using social media to kind of encourage others to join us in this um caring um uh, you know, kind of this care crusade, we call it. And so, um, so the first two days were a little frustrating, but then there was a period after that where I settled in and, um, it was greatly peaceful. You know, one of the things that I noticed was I, you know, I, I was more, uh, attentive, I think to the little things around the house. Uh, I was more attentive to, um, I was more attentive to priority lists and to, to getting things accomplished. Um, you know, and, and so it gave me, and even as it's back now today, it's given me a great window to, to try to balance, if you will, I don't really like the word balance, but to balance the amount of time that's spent on there and, and make sure it's in priority with encouragement of, of others. Because, it, money is kind of like this. Money and hammers. Hammers I like to use better than money because hammers can be used to build a house and hammers can be used to bash somebody's head, right? And the hammer is is a tool. Uh, social media is, is the same way. It's a tool. Adrian was a very early adapter to Instagram. Uh, I mean, 2012 or something. I mean, it just come out. Pinterest, she was kind of the same way. and And so it was a tool to share photos with friends and to to encourage one another um, those tools subtly uh, in America continue to be capitalized and so I think uh, you know we're in a representative democracy I call it a capitocracy sometimes is what it more, looks like more to me I'll tell you what was more shocking than the, the Instagram and the Facebook was that I have by and large been not a media consumer of news so I killed the news in 2007 uh, for the most part, or eight. And after we got back from Uganda in 2008, I don't think I watched news for over a decade, hardly. So that's, you know, we'd go to Adrian's grandpa, he'd be watching Fox. We'd go over to her parents, they'd be watching CNN and MSNBC. And it didn't matter what the outlet was. It was all so editorialized. And it, what it reminded me of was when I was 10 and I was going through the aisle and I was watching, uh, or I saw this thing on the the news rack. It says, O.J. Simpson is an alien. And I looked at my uncle, and I'm like, he is? <laughs> I didn't know that. He's like, no, no, no. He goes, it's not, it's not real. He's not really an alien. And I'm like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? But it, it says right there. And he said, no, 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 it's just, it's fake. It's, it's, it's not, he's not really an alien. And I said, and pe- but people buy that? He goes, yeah, apparently. And then this mayor out of Cincinnati became a talk show host called the Jerry Springer Show. And and I remember watching that as a kid in my teens going, wow, this is crazy. And so what was really shocking for me. I think they me, used a little alcohol <laughs> along with that show. <laughs> I think they got them lubed up. I do. Yeah, I think they got them lubed up too in the green room. 
And so, but so what was crazy for me was this coronavirus hits and it's like, man, I've got to get in touch and in tune with the media and see what's going on so I can get all the information. So I spent probably 36 hours when this thing kind of first really was hitting and shelter in place and all the things were coming down, um, watching the news. And you know what it felt like? It felt like the news had evolved almost to the inquire. It was like everything, it, but but I you got to realize I hadn't seen anything for over a decade. So I'm coming in kind of, I read the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and now here's my strategy on this is I read the Wall Street Journal to try to understand where, where business may trend based on, on the impacts uh, of this COVID-19 and, and, and whatnot. I read uh, the World Health Organization, some, the CDC, definitely, the Washington local information, definitely. For the most part, that's it. And, uh, and I, I just don't take in the news. And so for me, that's what was really shocking was like that I told our team this. And, and I, I, you know, if you work for one of these outlets, you know, I don't need an email or um, a, a comment or I'm not trying to pick a fight or anything. But I told our team, if you watch Fox and CNN and MSNBC and think that you're becoming informed as to what to do next in your life, you are crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. And so that's what was shocking to me. Uh, but, but by and large, the social media, the last couple of few weeks, I don't even know how long it's been. Um, you know, it's funny is uh, when I tell people that I've been off social media because I got hacked. And sometimes I don't even tell them because I got hacked. They're like, dude, good for you. I wish I could get off social media. <laughs> okay, but I think that is that's what's going to happen after all of this quarantine is over is we have these things that maybe we've gotten back to that we used to enjoy and now or we're learning now that we're enjoying like I had said, the family bike rides or the family walks or doing the puzzles or reading the books, doing Jog something slow. Outside. Yeah, taking yeah. a jog, doing something slower that we may not typically have time for, but we're now noticing and learning how much we actually enjoy it. So just like you learned and enjoyed that you liked having a break from social media for a period of time, how do we continue to take that learning into our new life, I guess, So that's as we a, get back. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I say often that I don't think uh, our problem typically is that we're slow learners. I think it's that we can be quick forgetters. And so how do we, and this is a great challenge because uh, there's going to be a, a massive push to move the economy. And the economy, as I've talked about many times on here, um, it preys on things that incite fear and emotion and emotion and fear sell. And so it's going to be, you're going to have to be intentional in your approach. Uh, I think one of the takeaways for me is, yeah, you know, I just cut back from a jog outside. The golf course is closed, so I, I can run on, run on the golf course. But it's not like I couldn't run out there in the mornings, and, and most of the time I, I don't. And so um, – there's been a lot of things like that. You know, I took the dinghy up, you know, with the kids and, and, and got takeout, you know, it's like a 25 minute dinghy ride up to, to mm -hmm. downtown. And, and then we park the boat and we get out. Like we've had some really sweet times. Uh, and so how can, 
how can we just almost stay where in this place? Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing that I realize, right? Even as I say that, we are coming from a place of great blessing. Uh, we have a, a, a decent amount of land and a decent amount of space to move around and a decent sized house. And I hear our kids moving around as we speak. And, um, and, and our business has, has got a team that's very resilient and has been able to, to quickly go remote. We went remote far before most of our team I sent home before we went to, uh, the shelter in place order days before we went to it, if not a week. And so we've been business as usual. And in some ways we've gained a lot of efficiencies, right? There's, there's not the commute and the drive. The zoom has come on strong uh, so that you, you can meet with people and, and be face to face. It's not the same, you know, I've socially distanced, you know, I, I actually, let me step back. I hate that term. <laughs> I, I I hate that term because I, I really think it language matters. Um, my thing is be smart. Okay. And, and be smart and be empathetic to the fact that everybody's going to, and we said this in the outset, that everybody's going to approach this and come at this in a different way because everybody's had different experiences and different and has different belief systems and has different triggers and fears and and past things that might cause this to be more difficult or easier, if you will, than others. So to be smart and, and have empathy and, and don't put my belief on somebody else. And, and my hope would be the same way would come back that, 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 you know, that my uh, belief in going to get a ranch burger, you know, with a, with a buddy who's up in town from, from college and, and we, we stand you know, six feet apart and, you know, and you give, you give the high wing, you know, I, I no more high fives right now. We call it the high wing, which is the left arm up <laughs> the elbow, the elbow. And, uh, that, that we do that, that I, that, that I wash my hands, um, that when I go to places, um, you know, or anybody like the grocery store, I, I wear my N95 mask and I know those aren't easy to come by necessarily. And everybody doesn't have one, but, but we're making more masks and, and, and doing those things. Uh, getting good rest is something I can control because the immune system is what's attacked by the coronavirus. I'm always, here's what baffles me too. Everybody's buying TP. Why? Why? I want the thing that kills the virus. Like, like if this thing it was, was more lethal than we thought it was going to be, we, what we really didn't know, and don't, get me, don't hear me say it's not very destructive because it has been and it, and it continues to be. And but we really weren't sure when it initially hit how lethal it might be overall. And so I want the thing that kills the virus. I want soap. I got <laughs> soap stocked up. So Okay, so I think okay, so I think what you were saying before about we're in a position that we're we're feeling very blessed that we're home and healthy. There's a lot of people that are not able to be home, that are still working and still feeling like they're putting themselves out there. Some people are worried, stressed about that, and other people are just embracing it. So I think every person is sort of taking, can be taking this situation differently. Everybody's taking it differently. And so when we're talking, we're really talking from a place of we're grateful to be home and we're 
we're doing we're doing well. And now, be that. clear, we early on had some adjustments, right? I mean, we had a couple pretty good fights, you know, a couple pretty good arguments to try. I mean, like I'm not I'm not yeah, saying I'm, we're doing great yeah, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. the time. I'm just saying, like, yeah. we're feeling very blessed. Absolutely, and we're in that we're in that place we're in that place today where we have have found our our groove, uh, you know, structure and. I said it on the outset and that has remained static that on, on Monday, I do Monday things on Tuesday. I do Tuesday things on Saturday. I do Saturday things on Sunday. I do Sunday things, et cetera, et cetera. And there's actually been in this season of taking that approach, um, uh, of some consistency and some certainty and some, some understanding about what my day is going to look like, regardless of condition, circumstance, externally um you know i were reading a book book study at work right now called man's search for meaning by victor frankel if you have not read it we'll put it on all the platforms where you can find it and seek it out and put it in your amazon cart and it might take a week and a half which is because amazon is prioritizing uh things that are of essential nature and books are not typically deemed of essential nature um and or you can get on a Kindle probably immediately or Audible immediately. Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning. Tremendous read. The guy wrote it nine days after getting out of the World War II internment camp. He was in that he was in Auschwitz. And there's something about uh, when we are placed in a position where we're vulnerable. We're completely vulnerable to Obviously, the powers of the government, the powers of, of this virus, the powers of, of people that are going to do things that they're going to do, power of scarcity, the power of economic uncertainty. Like when we're vulnerable to the reality that, you know, every I don't make the sun rise nor the sun set. And the reality is the constant has changed and it's going to continue to change whether I quote unquote like it or not, but when we get to that real place of surrender and letting go, man, it is bliss. But you know, a friend of mine, you say, let go or get dragged. And, <laughs> and I think so often uh, we, there's claw marks and, and there's, there's gnashing of the teeth and there's, there's wailing and difficulty and tears but when we, and, and, and everybody gets there at a different time, you know, some, sometimes people don't ever get there and my heart aches, but man, in my experience, and I've seen it a hundred times over is when we get to that place of just surrender. And, and if you have faith, you typically lean into your faith, you know, uh, you're, we're seeing those that don't, you know, are leaning into science and facts and data and, but you, but you, you lean into what you need to lean into when you get to that place, and even then, we you often find yourself, if if we're honest with ourselves, still searching, still seeking clarity because the reality is, there is no certainty in this life, except for death and taxes. And they actually, there might not even be taxes because we missed tax year this year. That's true. This is the first thing. <laughs> April 15th came and went. So now it's just, we're all going to die. I think, okay, personally for me, in this exact moment, 
I feel sur- I feel like I've surrendered. Now, at 5.30 tonight, that could be totally different <laughs> once the kids are still here and now they're hungry again. <laughs> then it changes a little bit. And so I just feel like everything is taken moment by moment. You got to realize, Adrian went on, how many days in a row were you home? I mean, like 35 more? I've left the house twice in the last, in the. Two months, month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And she's cooked like, uh, I don't know. We're a family of six. All the meals. every, Every day it's like 18 meals. So it's a lot. I cook twice a week on average. That means he picks up food. That means I bring something home for us to eat. (laughs) <laughs> Although I made myself a PBJ the other day, which is helpful, which is helpful. Um, I think <laughs> you know I, I think I you know it's funny because like you look at each of the little elements that feels like it's changed, and then you try to evaluate: is this something that I want to continue after? This isn't sort of a forced upon item. I think some of the things is I like that we're eating. I feel like we're eating healthier when I cook it. So I like that, that we're eating out less or eating sort of pickup food less. Um, so I want to make sure that I continue that. Right. Um, I think in this sort of, I don't know if it's a time of uncertainty, it's common, at least for me, to not shop as much and not shop as often, I guess. And I think before, I was trying to look at that because I feel like I'm a pretty, I'm not really a um, common consumer. Like I don't just shop frequently, but I do shop quickly. Like if I need something, I'm like, oh, let me just order it on Amazon. And there it is. And now during this time of uncertainty, I feel like our Amazon orders have gone down. Saving all kinds of money. (laughs) I feel like that's gone down, which is sort of ironic. And I think about it and I'm like, why is that? Because I'm at home a lot. So it seems like I would have more time to do some online shopping, but I'm not spending that time doing online shopping. And I think it's probably reducing some stress because there is time of uncertainty. And now I don't feel like I'm spending frivolously, frivolously. And so I feel like that's reducing some of my own individual stress. And then I'm focusing on like smaller things that make me feel better. Like John's holding up his giant water bottle right now. Like just keeping track and keeping a tally of the my water consumption. This like water things bottle that you may is, forget. is bigger than my head. Oh my gosh, our friends. <laughs> but it works. It's got a, it's got a little tally on the side. Our friends recommended it, and it's hilarious. Matt it's ginormous. It's Bree Shepherd. Thank you very much. This was one of the best <laughs> ideas they've had in a long time. If you don't follow Bree Shepherd, you should. She's got great ideas for fashion as well. But the. 7 a.m., good morning. 9 a.m., do it for yourself. 11 a.m., and as you go down the side of the water bowl, keep going. Drink more. Tons of energy. 5 p.m., no excuses. 7 p.m., almost there. 9 p.m., yay. All caps, explanation point. You did it. And so, (laughs) and it's a gallon. And there's a smaller one, but I'm not smaller, so I get to drink a gallon. (laughs) And it's a competitive thing, and it's fun. And uh, those, those things, you know have been really good because to me and not I, I, I just think that if you if you can take control of your mind and realize that I'm in charge of my mind and I don't know how long that takes for everybody and it's different for everybody but fear hits fear hits okay and then it's a matter of how much lead time from the fear to okay 
stay calm, look around, make a call. That's the Navy SEALs term of operation. Stay calm, look around, make a call. And how long does that take is different for everybody. But once we get to that make a call space, what can I control? I can control drinking water so that if, God forbid, I get this thing, I've got my immune systems as strong as it can be, and, and hopefully that can help me battle through. Um, I can get rest, go to bed on it at a decent hour consistently. I can wash my hands and sanitize. Sanitization and washing your hands is probably the top thing that it keeps gives you the best chance of not catching the COVID. Uh, stress, reduce stress. Uh, and then Adrian mentioned eating, eating decent. And, you know, Adrian's always been better at that. And every once in a while, like even today, I ate like 14 Pringles, <laughs> 14 cheesy Pringles. And even as I was eating them, I knew I wasn't eating them for food. I was eating them for comfort. <laughs> and I did. I felt better. After I ate those 14 Pringles. Now, I, then I went on a jog and I probably got a little less out of my exercise. My body's probably working a little harder to process all that processed crap. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think and people go, oh, the answer's in moderation. Well, listen, I don't know about you all. I'm not a moderate guy. I, I focus and where I, where I put my focus, my energy goes. And so... I think the thing coming out of this, what's next, is to sit down and have priorities. Okay, I think it, it's a it's a progression. It's vision. I think a lot of people are going to get vision in a time like this. From that, you can gain clarity, and from the clarity, you have priorities. And 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 I think that's what I'm hopeful for. It's, it's not a doing as much as it's a being mm-hmm. prioritization of who do I want to be? And, and I, I turned 40 during the, during this deal. Mm-hmm. And so those were a lot of, uh, reflective moments and it was stinking awesome. And I might, I'm not sure if we've been on the podcast since Easter, but Easter with just our family, I think we may have, may have mentioned this, but Malibu talked about daddy, it's going to be awesome. It's just going to be our family. And I'm so grateful to have kids who have vision, right? Mm -hmm. The answers come from the most unsuspecting places. And so as we're going to be creative and as we go forward and the path forward and the brave new world and whatever you want to call it, the new normal stupid, throw that out, okay? I just just call stuff how it is. current reality. The current reality right now between the (laughs) claps, be where your feet are, what's in front of us, whatever. As we go forward, I think we should be very, very attuned and mindful to the fact that vision and answers and creativity often come from the most unlikely of sources. So one of the priorities I have is to keep my eyes open and my ears open and my head on a swivel Mm. and look for how we can be creative in our approach forward as we all get through this thing together. We're not in anything. We're going through this thing together. Yeah. And give ourselves some grace. 
I've, I've two decided. steps forward and one step back <laughs> is still one step forward. I've decided I do not need to be productive every moment of this quarantine because it turns out we're going to be here for a little while. <laughs> and so I can have a little bit of grace in what I'm doing. And that is a truth in a quarantine or in any scenario or any situation, right? Here's what the guy says in that book. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert to the book, A Man's Search for Meaning. Hopers died. Hopers die. Hope is not a strategy. Okay? They say, oh man, I hope. I hope we're going to be out of this soon. I hope, man, I hope by Christmas I heard they're going to let us go. The hopers died. And so the reason why hopers die is because I believe, to Adrian's point, what she's talking about is we we put some predetermined expectation into our mind and the psychology of the disappointment of that unfulfilled expectation causes stress on our body and it kills us. And if you're (laughs) in an internment camp where the, the, the margins are very thin, you die. Literally. And some of us, it's more figurative mm-hmm. where we spiral in, in, the, in the, the margin between between doing that and and staying the course is so thin. Sometimes it's almost scary. And that is the truth. And so having grace 100 percent because stress is a problem. To put stress on yourself, to put undue expectations on ourselves, to put undue, undue expectations, expectations on, on others. others. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> we didn't even practice that. I'll take an ice cream. Malibu, Malibu <laughs> bribes me with ice cream every time we say the same thing at the same time. Jinx, take, you owe me an ice Jinx, cream. Jinx, you owe me an ice cream. I don't even know where she came up with it. Talk <laughs> about creative. She just makes up her own rules. Hey, by the way, we get to do that. We get to decide how we want to interpret this situation. And I am excited for my kids' lives to be disrupted so that they can learn grit and resilience and perseverance and the fact that things change and sometimes the unexpected is going to happen in a a space where they're relatively safe. I'm excited for that. And I believe they're going to be better for that. And I continue to tell them that. And they continue to operate in a way that believes that and Mm. that's what's cool to see it is cool and i think it's cool to watch companies pivot to encourage and support each other during this time and that's been really neat pro star cares pro star cares and it's a it's (laughs) and here's the deal like it's like if you stay ready you don't have to get ready like you, you if i knew when the earthquake was coming i'd buy earthquake insurance the day before right i'd i'd buy like i wouldn't want to pay for earthquake insurance every year we don't know. This is a lesson, I think, for us all to be reminded for, is that that save for a rainy day that grandma told us years ago, you know, she got that from her mom. And because you know what her mom experienced? Rain for a while. It was called the Great Depression. Okay? And we... I believe as a whole, hopefully, can also take out of this. And this isn't to to lack empathy for those who are suffering and struggling in your business, which is totally turned upside down and you're not sure where and how you're going to make it. This isn't to discount that pain, suffering, and fear that you're likely in, but to say 
as we go forward, how can we all be reminded and be remindful to our next generation, to the kids and the kids' kids, that some days it just rains and you thought it was going to be sunny. And the Apple, the Apple rain weather app, it lied to you. So we need to be prepared for all conditions and all possibilities and all circumstances. And that is how we're going to get through this together. Hmm. When I was, when John, when John and I were first married, it was during our first year of marriage. Um, I think we've told this story before, but. It's always worth retelling our first year of marriage. Remember that? <laughs> hey, 13 years, 12 good ones. Hey, you're going to hear, you're going to hear most of one of the not so good ones. One of his besties and I had to pick him up from jail in the middle of, I guess it was, he had called in the middle of the night, but the next morning we had to pick him up from jail. Luckily, Eric carries a lot of cash on him and I'm gr- always grateful for that. But I learned during that time that... You can never have too many $100 bills when you need one. That's been our philosophy. <laughs> there you go. There's the first learning. Second learning. You can never have too many $100 <laughs> bills when you need one. <laughs> the Promise you. was you can have grace and kindness in the midst of heartache. And I think that's true during this time. That there's going to be, there could be a lot of heartache for people. There's a lot of uncertainty. But it doesn't mean that we can't have grace with ourselves, grace with others, and kindness around that time. And so I just really, I encourage all of us to really think about how can we love each other well? How can we love our neighbors well when we don't really know what everyone else is going through? This could be the most difficult thing that we've been, that we've gone through, but it could be even more difficult for the person next door. And I think. It's like that call you got that night. I mean, this, this, this is like that call to a lot of people. That, that's a great point. I mean, you know, I was in my third year of law school. Um, I had gone late night to a bar um, I drank too much and, uh, they asked me to, uh, to stop drinking, uh, or cut me off. And, uh, and then I, on my way out, I, I tried to grab a guy's drink for the road, which was a, not a great decision. And, um, but maybe, you know, the learnings from it were, were worth it in hindsight. And, uh, we got into it and, the local law enforcement was called and um, they took me downtown to King County. You know, I could walk. I was in my third year of law school. I was able to walk up the hill to uh, a lecture on, at 10 a.m. on a Sunday or sorry, on a Monday after they came and bailed me out. And I will tell you what, that day as I made that walk and I took a shower in Conley Center at Seattle U, I truly thought I was a complete failure and life was over. And so if you're in that spot, hear hear me clear and Adrian's heart clear. We get that. I get that. And I've had other experiences where I've been just depressed or anxious and not sure why. And it took a minute to work through. And not like a minute, like an hour or two, but like a day or three or a week. And so I think whatever you're going through, um, my encouragement is to persist and know that we're 
with you in it. Mm. I, I, I just, this, we're with you and but be very clear. There's a hill and we're going to climb it. Mm-hmm. We have to keep moving. One time I was sitting with Adrian and I was in that spot and it was a, it was a few years ago and I felt like I was just failing as a dad, as a husband, and I was, I was overscheduled and, and, uh, and overwhelmed. And I remember we're sitting there and it's like a 72 degree day and we're sitting at, um, at lunch in Kirkland. And, uh, I remember telling her to just, if, if this is the final road for me, like if this is it, tell the girls, we didn't have Tiger at the time, tell the girls that daddy was facing up the hill. And I believe that's my encouragement. And that's what he'll talk about if you get that book. Face up the hill. Even if you don't move quickly, you know where you're going. And that is massively important, which is we're going to get through. We're going to get through. And it doesn't matter what it's going to look like. Everybody want the ego, the pride that we have, the humanity, the need for control or certainty or whatever wants to know what it's going to look like. Now, if you're in business, great. Find a solution for what it might look like and capitalize on it. That's awesome. But from a standpoint of just feeling good about what it might or might not look like, this new normal or whatever, it's just we're going to get through. Remember that old school? Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Can't go around it. Got to go through. (laughs) So we're with you. Let's go. We hope you guys are taking some time to just enjoy the new things that you're experiencing right now. And we hope you guys have a great week. See you soon. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. You can also follow along on our adventures on Instagram.